Welcome back to Journey to Authenticity, a podcast helping you to become fully authentic on your journey to success. I'm your host, Braden Belknap, and I'm a human just like you, striving to build a dream life, all while stay true to my authentic self. Now, let me share with you why I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode with Ethan Cisneros. Ethan started his journey of entrepreneurship at a very young age. He started with lawn mowing. From there, he transitioned into shave ice in high school. Now he's building a business in Utah, which if you're in Utah, you definitely know the business, and that is Thirst. That in mind, welcome to the show, Ethan Cisneros. Ethan, welcome to the show, man. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been fun watching you build your business over the last couple of years, and now we're here making some magic happen <laughs> to teach the world how they can do the same. Dude, it's interesting. Like, Thank you for watching. I don't say that enough to like followers. It's it's fun to meet people like you and like I'm it's like total overwhelming feeling of gratitude. So I appreciate you reaching out and and giving me all the the roses because it means a lot. Absolutely, man. So what inspired you to get involved in entrepreneurship and mainly thirst? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing entrepreneurial things for pretty much forever from starting at a lawn business when I was a kid and, and just figuring out how to sell things and interested and curious on how businesses were working to, I did shaved ice in high school and just after high school. And then it kind of natural progression, like we were talking about is, is to jump into something like thirst. And so it, it was nothing particularly that inspired me. It's been really just who I was for forever. That's fair. <laughs> so, um, and just got applied in different ways. So yeah, I've been an entrepreneur kid since the beginning and still tried and true today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's part of your DNA once you're an entrepreneur. I can't. 100%. It's, it's your breed. <laughs> yep. So are you the first entrepreneur in your family or was that, did you uh, have any inspiration in that area? No, I have like aunts and uh, or uncles and grandparents and things. My dad is in finance, so super practical, logical, business smart. And my mom is, was super smart too and more like creative and so i feel like i got a good balance of those two <laughs> so that's been good is neither of them are entrepreneurs per se lots of people in the family are and i think i got the best of both worlds with my parents <laughs> fair to say well creativity you got to make fancy drinks right the people yeah. want to drink <laughs> and finance you got to know how to work finances or you can't run a business exactly <laughs> those two things are key in any business actually so 100 so going into this you shaved ice did you was that a successful business in high school or was that tell me a little bit about that yeah so my most successful business was my lawn mowing business <laughs> as far as like making money just mostly because there's no overhead and we weren't doing it legit with licenses and sales tax and insurance and things like that and then so I was making a lot of money for a kid because we had at some point 20 lawns a week and then times it by, you know, usually 40 to 100, 150 a lawn. It adds up quick and there's just two of you. So that was like a awesome success. And I learned some of the fundamentals in business there. But in Shaved Ice, Shaved Ice was a huge success. Yeah, it was total trial and error, like learning and, and figuring out as I went. Definitely learned a lot of things and that I still use a thirst and all corporate business principles. Yeah, we would do like 40 or 40 to $50,000 a summer in shaved ice because it's seasonal. So, you know, just in the summer. Yeah, we learned a lot. It was good. That's fair. And when in high school you were a shaved ice, when did you pivot to thirst? How old were you? I just graduated high school. So thirst opened when I was 19. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. 
it's been a journey for you. It has been. It's been a. It's been interesting. So, so who's your person that you look up to? Like everybody has that one that they look up to in entrepreneurship. Who's yeah. That one for you. I don't have a coach or a mentor. I really like piecing together things that I like from different people, for sure. You were just mentioning some of the names in the business content game. Gary Vee, Ed Milet, Andy Frisella. I like to piece together what I like from each of them, but I like parts of what all they say. I haven't really ever put all my chips in one with advice from one person. I'm thinking a lot lately about not being so focused in on only one thing and this is the way to do it because this person said it was supposed to be done this way or I got this advice. Okay, let me take a piece of that, but then go consider the whole situation. Seems to be most strategic to me. That's fair. Yeah. And like you said, you're building thirst. There's one. Yeah. So yeah. nobody else knows how to do that. And there's you. people involved that are different and there's you know, timing of the market. The market's different right now than it's ever been. And so I just think there's variables that the entrepreneur has to take into account and then make the best decision possible. It's just, there's not one way, you know? Absolutely. So with that, has business ever been hard for you? Oh yeah. I mean, it is like the most stressful just life in general. <laughs> it truly is. It truly is because you know, you're just the last line of defense and you know, in the back of your head, no one else is really worrying about it the way that you have to worry about it. Oh, I have a accountant. I have an operations person. I have someone for this job. At the end of the day, they can just leave and they're not responsible. And underlying pressures and things that are just like come with the job. I love it. I embrace it. But it undeniably hard <laughs> it's very very hard when was the moment that business was harder the hardest for you was there like a pit in business where you're like man is this worth it i've been asked this a bunch and my answer is almost always the same it's harder right now than it ever has been 100 percent is harder right in this day than it ever has been just because we're growing the stakes are getting bigger as we have these huge ambitions to grow whether it's signing leases or opening stores or hiring people and committing to pay their salaries these are all steps of growth and it's always harder the bigger it gets it's supposed to get harder too most people can't open the business at all but few people can do one store few people can take it to this level a few fewer people can take it to this level Fewer people can take it to this level because it's getting harder and harder. So as we get better, it's getting harder. It's more stressful. It's you takes more talent. There's more higher risks, you know, higher rewards. But yeah, it's harder today than it ever has been, truly. <laughs> That's fair to say. It's, it's like a video game. The fact that it's supposed to be that way is actually a really important part to understand, I think, because... When things get hard in general, if they're not supposed to be hard, that's bad. If it wasn't supposed to be getting harder in order for you to get what you want, then you probably shouldn't be doing that thing. But like in business, when it gets really hard, you know that it's supposed to be getting harder in order for you to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So on the other side of hard things is is what you want. And so I think it's a good sign only if you have the mindset of understanding that it's supposed to be hard. <laughs> Well, easy decisions lead to a hard life. Hard decisions equal an easy life in the yeah. future. And like you said, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. It's hard to wake up early in the morning, but it's also hard to wake up late in the morning. Yeah. Because you have less daylight to do what you need to do. Yep. It's from the basic fundamentals, the big things. Yeah. It's worth making the hard decisions. Yeah. So how much in 
how many employees are you operating with? It right kind now? of depends. We have like one to 200. So in the summer, we'll have up to a couple hundred. Right now, we have closer to 100 in the winter. So, but yeah, as things ramp up, we hire a bunch more in the summer. So, kind of just ebbs and flows. We just opened another retail store in Midvale, and we're going to hopefully open one more store this year. We're coming in the airport this year. Team's continuing to grow. It's been good. Absolutely. It's exciting. So one of my favorite things and concepts to talk about is if you can become more, you can achieve more. So I'd love to talk about your habits as you yeah, so that you can go out and win in business. Yeah. Because we have to become the best version of ourselves. The leader is what drives the business. Yeah. Without the leader, there's nothing. 100%. How do you consistently become a better version of you? I've actually really struggled with this up until six months to a year, not six months. I would say within the last year is really, I first understood this concept and now I'm really becoming better at it. For me, the first seven years of thirst, I worked so much that I put my health and my just things in my personal life behind it. And I honestly still do like it's thirst over everything. I work constantly, but in the last year I've prioritized my eating well, working out, and just having my ducks in a row more in my personal life. And I can't sit here and say that it's made my business so much better immediately or anything like that. But overall, I'm a better human right now. I feel like I execute better in business. I'm I'm just sharper. I'm I'm a better player in the sport of business right now. Being in shape, being content in my personal life, even things like having my apartment clean, having my laundry done or having worked out that day. I think of business as a game. It's like a player that didn't practice or something is out on the field. Maybe didn't stretch, you know, is out on the field. That was me before, but now I've stretched, I've practiced, I'm playing the game of business like hard. That's the way I think about it. But for me, I'm, I eat really good right now or have for the last year. I've work out every day for 45 minutes to an hour. It's been really good for me. That's awesome. I'm sure you feel better about yourself as well as far as confidence goes. Oh, 100%. Well, when you take care of yourself, you have good yeah. hygiene, you, you walk different, you show up differently. Yeah. It's it's a whole energy about you. Exactly. Yeah. So that's been a learning process for me and, and I struggle with it. I mean, go look at my Instagram. I was looked way fatter like a year ago. So, I, so there's no denying it. Um, but I've struggled with it for sure. I was still working really hard, but... Overall, I'm better executed now. Fair to say. So you work out, you eat clean. Yeah. Do you incorporate any meditation or any spiritual practice in your day to day? <laughs> I'm laughing because she always tries to get me to go to yoga. Like, <laughs> no, I've never, I've never been to the meditation stuff, and love and respect it, but never been my thing. I just kind of get up and go. <laughs> hey, you own it. That's all it is. Is you, you do you, and you know what your strengths are. Yeah. And we got to play to our strengths. And like you mentioned, you're not necessarily looking at that one person where you're like, ooh, if I could be like them, you pick pieces, you recognize what works for you, and you put them to play. Yeah. And that's what's helped you win yeah. up to this point. We not Meditation's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It could be good. I should honestly try it once. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, once probably won't do the trick. The first time you're going to be like, what, what is am this I crap? doing? <laughs> I can't get out of my shut for up. A few rounds. <laughs> it's it's practice. It's it's just like going and going. Like the way that you work, a typical person, like nine to five worker, 
couldn't work the way an entrepreneurship does. Yeah. Because their mind is, I wake up, I do my thing, my mind then shifts to work, and then at five it shifts off. Yeah. That's how they're bred. Yeah. And bred, maybe they're not. Maybe they were just taught that way. But usually the people that are true entrepreneurs get out of the nine to five work. Yeah. Because they're bred to keep working. Yeah. That's what they enjoy. Yeah. So for you, just in other words, it's a practice. It's certainly is a yeah. process. Well, I, I've never known balance too. That's a good point. It's because I've, most people like see that in their parents or whatever, and then they do it. And then that's just it, right? Like that's how you do it. But for me, like every day after, I, after school or after sports practice, I would be pushing my lawnmower this to the next lawn, doing it to the maximum. And then with shaved ice and just working all the time, just like always obsessed and working on a thing to like, I just never really knew a balance. So when I think back on it, like kind of makes sense. Like I did that with lawns. I did that with shaved ice. I, now I do that with thirst and I empathize with them, but I can't really understand it because I've never done it. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's crazy. And my thought process is there is truly no balance. To yeah. Life. Like I hate the Me concept too. of, let's say I go to a job that I hate and I come home. I don't want to talk about what I, what I did for work because I just want to forget about it. And so I don't talk about my work with my wife. It just doesn't make sense. Like I am a coach through and through. I am an entrepreneur through and through. I'm an investor through and through. Mm -hmm. I like talking about that with my wife when we go to dinner for date night. Yeah. It's why do we need to cut certain things out of our life in certain times? Yeah. Like that concept makes zero sense to me. Because other people have said that there should be, it should be that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is not valid. So I 100% agree with you. This is who I am. Yeah. If I have to take part of me out of the equation when I go hang out with you. Yeah. Probably don't want to hang out yeah. with you. Yeah. 100% agree. So... You've started to win in your personal life. You became more, you've gotten clearer with business. Do you, you don't think that that's led to any successes in thirst or do you feel like it has? It definitely has led to probably successes, but like I said, it is the hardest time just stuff behind the scenes and like where the more everything it's harder right now than it ever has been. So it's not things are easy now, you know, that I've, that I'm in, in better shape and eating healthy or whatever, but as far as like productivity and able ability to execute, for sure. Fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Do you love what you do now? Oh, 100%. 100%. You have to remember that all of this comes with the cost of the stress part of it and stuff. I can literally think of an idea and have a multi-million dollar model to test it on. It's insane. Like I'll be like, I, you're probably like me where you're thinking about business things like all the time. Like, this would be a cool idea or this, like, what if we try this marketing thing? Blah, blah, blah. I can just, especially with the size of thirst, it's big enough to, I said, a multi-million dollar scale, but it's not so big that I don't have 20 locations. It's just these things that would slow me down that a big corporate company would have. So it's fun because we think of ideas like, what if we made pretzel breakfast sandwiches? The next weekend, that might be the weekend feature at Thirst. Or what if we tried out that, you know, whatever, it may be this marketing campaign or sign at the store, like what, what, how would it affect sales? So that's one of my favorite parts about it is having this test model to put ideas into reality is really cool. When other people are just thinking about it, I can literally go test it on this map, like this huge scale. <laughs> so is it's pretty sick. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about entrepreneurship for sure. So let's talk 
to the people that are just starting or the people that are struggling? First off, I want to start, obviously, the podcast is Journey to Authenticity. A lot of entrepreneurs out in the world, whether they are on a big scale multimillionaire or to the people that are just starting, they struggle with the concept of what does my parents think about me? What do my siblings think about me? What what about my friends think about me? Like I'm a, I'm this loser, and it's like no, you're not. Did you ever struggle with that in your life? And if so, how have you overcome that to just keep pushing? I think everyone does 100%. Like we were talking off camera, like it would be silly to, to think that no one cares what people think in, to some degree or someone doesn't care what people think to any degree at all. For me, I think I like to be an executor and a doer because I think actions speak louder than words and it gives me a lot of confidence. Like I know at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what my friends think or what my employees that don't see it this way or, or my partners or something like at the end of the day the act results will speak for themselves and we need to go put in the work so for me that's been a big reason where I've been able to be so confident I'm confident because I I'm not scared to go out do the work prove myself right that's when where a lot of my confidence comes from now is now I've been able to do it to some degree and, and I put in the work and and that's where a lot of my confidence comes from but yeah of course I think Everyone feels it to some degree. I've definitely struggled with it. But as I've been able to, as I've executed, it's gone away more and more for me, you know? Um, so I've got a couple, you know, marks on the scoreboard for like starting businesses, at least. I've started a few of them. And so I feel more confident. I don't really care what people think when they're talking as much if they haven't done what I'm trying to do. So that's helped me a lot. Absolutely. I, what came to mind when you were saying that is, promises. If we keep our word to ourselves, if we keep our word to other people and we show up 100%, we grow and we do more than even what we promise, naturally the confidence is going to come along with it. Yeah. No, I agree. The other thing I think about too is understand. I've I've developed this more as I'm older and it's really helping me. I understand why they feel that way. Like I understand why you feel that way. And honestly, they're probably hurting too. If they're judging and thinking negatively, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Almost like a more mature perspective. Cool. I understand that you're feeling that way for some type of reason, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I I, I feel for you. Not caring as much and being, you know, empathetic toward that towards that person. Like Gary Vee says this a lot, is like having empathy for these people that potentially could be judging you because they're in some sort of sad place because they're potentially judging you. So I think about that a lot too. And like, it just makes it easier not to care. I agree. Empathy is the, I don't, I don't even know where I was going to go there, but it's really the secret sauce to not caring. Yeah. Cause the moment that you have some sort of love for the person, close family, even to a stranger, that's like, this podcast is crap or this drink sucks. Yeah. It's like, Cool. Well, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's almost like you feel bad for them that they would feel the need to say that. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, perfect. You can go ahead and say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that's the unique thing about also this podcast is we're all unique. And the moment that we start to live within that is I am Braden Belknap and I'm happy with that nothing else matters. Yeah. It's like if somebody walked in and said, you have stupid hair, Brayden, or stupid purple hair, Brayden. It's like, it goes right off because I don't have purple hair. <laughs> as long as you know who you are, 
nobody can tell you who to be. Yeah. So now to help some of those people out there that are obviously starting to win within themselves, they have the confidence to go and do it at this point. What are some of the basic foundational principles that you apply to your business from the small scale to the big scale that they could implement immediately and start to win? Yeah. Well, as far as like starting a business. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing for me is balancing profitability and being realistic with always being on the offense, having huge ideas, innovating all the time. That is the magic balance in business is can this thing stay alive? Is it profitable? Is it doing the point of a business, which at the end of the day is to be able to make money. But then you balance that with it definitely can't be all about that. You balance that with, you know, having the best marketing and being the most, most innovative and having these crazy dreams and wanting to grow as fast as you possibly can. The secret sauce is right in the middle. You know, it's right the balance of those two. And so I wish I would have been more strategic about that from the beginning is balancing profitability and being more real realistic with also being the loudest in the market and being, you know, so excited and innovative and having big dreams. That is the secret sauce. So that could have saved me a ton of money and it would have made me just like, but you know, obviously you live and learn. But if I was talking to Ethan, I would have tell, tell him to do that when starting a business is like, Make sure this thing is profitable at every step and then go full on the offense. I talk about like offense and defense. Being on offense is so necessary to be on all the time in business. Always on the offense, always on the offense, always on the offense. But you got to have a defense too. And it's got to be, make sure if they're just running right through your defense, you're still going to lose, even if you have a great offense. So I think about offense and defense and 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 finding that balance is so important if if you're starting a business that'd be the number one thing i'd tell myself <laughs> so in the beginning were you just ambitious go 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 yeah whatever falls underneath almost didn't matter as much like how are we going to figure that out i'm not sure or is this thing even profitable i'm not even sure but we're <laughs> a lot of people are coming you know <laughs> balance of being fully on the offense but then also making sure things are profitable along along the way is if you can do those two things then you have a ton of sales and you're making a ton of money. And that's the whole point of doing both of them. Can't do it without either one. Fair to say. So this might be a loaded question. And if we don't want to go here, that's fine. But how do you balance that yourself? For me, at first, I sucked at it. <laughs> like, AKA, like I was fantastic at marketing, fantastic at telling the story. But then I literally, for several years of even thirst, had no idea what was going on below, like below the revenue, AKA the cost of goods, the labor, the overhead, and then what's underneath all that, the profit. And you, if you don't know what's going on underneath your revenue, that's bad. But most people can't create the revenue in the first place. So I would rather learn that, that like be good at the top part and, um, and how I balance that is well, the biggest investment of personnel is in my financial controller who does all the accounting, all the finances. I'm not good at that. I don't like looking at that. It stresses me out. I would rather have, and my operations guy who, who completely manages the P&Ls and, and manages costs and things. In the early days, I couldn't afford them, but as soon as I could, that was an investment that makes sense to me uh, because I solve that problem with people still just do the offense. Like I know enough to be in business and like, or even more than that, like I'm not like horrible at like understanding numbers and things like that, but I'm best at 
leading the company, the visionary, doing the marketing, being on offense all the time. And I surround myself with people that can manage everything else below that. <laughs> I think that's business though. I mean, you can't be good at everything. 100%. But in the early days, like my whole journey with Thirst has been balling on a budget as I call it, <laughs> which is the best way to learn, by the way, because then you have to figure out how to do everything without a cheat code of money. So like that means how do you get customers in the door with no marketing budget? That's like the number one thing everyone should know how to do as an entrepreneur, because then when you get marketing budget, you can make a penny act like a dollar. How do you manage cash flow with, you know, not a bank or venture capital behind you? That means you have to be profitable in order to pay rent make paychecks, like do all these things. And so you have to learn about cost of goods. You have to learn about labor management. You have to understand, like use these softwares and all these things. So I learned all my skills by having no money. I'm still learning my skills by not, like I, Thirst isn't like funded by like a VC or anything at this point. It's like we make profit and we run our business with it. <laughs> and so that's one of the biggest ways. So how does, again, going back to somebody that who's starting or even to your story, how does one get customers with no budget by hustling when you have you either have I don't remember who said this credit to someone who said it because I didn't make this lineup but you either have time or you have money either you have more time than you have money or you have more money than you have time and in the early days of thirst I literally had more time than I had money and I'll explain why I worked almost every shift of thirst open to close for the first couple of years I was at very few employees Kenny was an like the round of like the first couple of years of employees that we had not very many. And I was always there, but it wasn't busy while I was there. So I was like sitting there, like waiting for customers a lot of the time, but I had no money like to go buy a billboard or to buy Facebook ads or whatever it may be. And so you either have time and you have money. So I had more time than I had money. So how do you get a customer in? By hustling. You can do things like my favorite thing, which that I did back in the early days was DM. DM is free, right? I would do this thing <clears throat> like the very beginning of Thirst. Mind you, this is right when Instagram was popping off, like becoming the thing, right? When stories got released and it was like everyone shifted to, to the gram. I was going in using the search function on Instagram, searching locations, searching Salt Lake City, and then looking at posts in there, right? And you have top posts and recent posts in that area. Top is like your influencers. You can DM them. They probably won't respond. Go to recent. You have Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo has literally never been messaged on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Salt Lake. He has like 200 followers. And you don't care how many followers he has. You care that he's a human in Salt Lake that you have direct access to for free to message. So I would message them and I would be like, hello, my name is Ethan. I started a local soda shop down the road from you. I would love to have you in for a free drink just to earn your business. Just show this message order. I'll, I will most likely be here. So looking forward to serving you. You never get that message in your inbox, especially back then. You never got a message, much less a genuine, authentic one that did not look like spam because it wasn't because I had time and I would literally DM every single person. So like, like hundreds a day until... If you, if you're a real hustler, you know, you get blocked on Instagram after like 40 DMs <laughs> and then you have to like wait, like, I think it was like two hours and then it resets. <laughs> but I would do that literally every night. And then I would come home. I would do it till I fall asleep. I would do it between customers. I would do it till I fall asleep and just stuff like that. When you have more money or time than you have money, you have to use tactics that don't 
require money, but require a lot of time, like one by one, one by one. And so DMs I would do all the time. Posting is free. Posting takes time. You have time. So I posted right when stories came out. I was doing like 50 stories a day on the thirst story, which wasn't as common back then. Like at first when stories came out, it was just like reposts or just they weren't there. Were, people weren't doing 50 a day. I was doing 50 a day and it was like weird stuff about like documenting the business and like doing repairs on things and just hustling, just like, like doing as much as I could with the time that I had because I didn't have money. So that would be my answer is deploy strategies that take time, um, but don't cost anything that other people aren't willing to do too. And sometimes those are the best ones. And the truth is like you mentioned earlier on the podcast is some people get to this level, fewer get to this level, fewer get to this level. There's a few people that just even start a successful business. Yeah. And that takes the hustle. Yeah. That people say, well, that'd be nice, but I'll just work my nine to five job and be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So now you have the money part. How are you generating customers for Thirst today? So, I mean, definitely don't have unlimited of the money part. Like we didn't able to like play the game a little bit more, but we don't really spend that much on ads. Um, main way we do it is by telling the story of thirst and building good communication channels with customers. I think about marketing in a simple way. It's your ability to communicate with the customer and then what you say to them. But first you have to be able to communicate with them. That means a few things have to happen or something has to happen. One of these things. One, you either need to have followers. That's one way you can communicate with people. And we all know, even if you have followers, it's very hard to even get them to see your stuff right now if we're talking about Instagram, okay? So that's one way. You need to be able to communicate. One way is through Instagram followers. Another way is an email list. You have a direct line of communication with them. Another way is a text list. These are all things that we do. But building up these different communication channels, another way is TikTok. Another way is Facebook groups. Like you have to be able to communicate with customers. And if, if you can't communicate with them, it doesn't matter what you say. Now, once you build up the communication abilities, then you have to narrow down on, okay, what exactly do I say to them now that I have their attention to convert? And so I think about it that way. <clears throat> One, building up communication channels. So at Thirst, we try to build those up everywhere. We do exactly what I just said. Text groups, email groups, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook groups, sorry, not email groups, email lists, text lists. Um, so we try to build up as many as we can. Like I think businesses that don't have a text list or don't have an email list, like how do you even get the word out? <laughs> like, like, and, or don't have a social media, like you need a way to get the word out. And then from there, then we, it's about the content. So the content and then how you distribute it for content. We go really authentic. We go, storytelling about thirst we go less like corporate and we put faces in it and i think one of the best strategies that thirst deploys and best strategy in marketing is to be authentic and the most original piece of content you have is your story so i am on the social media all the time we have team members on the social media all the time like telling the story of thirst and we put raw unedited content on there all the time we post a lot post like three to five times a day on the feed usually and like try to do 20 to 50 stories. We just post a ton and then work on our ability to communicate with them. And I see it pretty simply. 
we all we do other stuff like we a lot of influencers will do we run some facebook and google ads for our catering but so i think the answer is a mix but the main thing is being able to communicate and then what are you saying and so that's how i look at it yours and that's just the truth people <laughs> connect with story yeah if you can tell a good story anybody will listen yeah yeah it's like I think people like to go to the business that they know a face behind. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I've been, I've always leaned into. I love that. And this has been good. I really, I really do appreciate awesome. you coming on. I, I mean, I'll always be a supporter of Thirst. Same, well, thank seeing you. you from the come up and watching you build from here locally to St. George, now the airport, which I'm excited to see the airport happen. It's going to be sick. Gonna yeah. have a lot of eyes on you. It's going to be cool. Um, You've done a lot of good things. Thank you, brother. And that's how economies and local local economy and local community thrive is people like you taking taking lead and making something happen for themselves and the community. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Um, with that in mind, I there's one question that I ask for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that is what is your definition of authenticity? Not fronting and your the real story, your true real story. I think that's the best way to make content. And that's the best way to live. It makes you not anxious. <laughs> like you just are out there and you're, you are who you are and, and everyone already knows. So yeah, that's the way I think about it. I love it. <laughs> if you had one more message to share with the audience today, what would that be? Probably to not feel like you always have to know all the answers. Like it's okay to not know and, and not knowing is like your strength. That's how I run thirst all the time. Like I change my mind all the time. I don't think my way is the right way. And I try to not have any ego behind it at any, any given time. I hope my employees think and know that like, oh yeah, he didn't change his mind all the time when we tell him things. Um, at least I would hope that. And so I think you just don't need to know. Like <laughs> you can learn as you go. And, uh, and so I think it's the more noble and fun way to do it too. Absolutely. You got to keep pivoting. We were talking off camera. Business is the act of starting something, taking action, learning something better and yeah. pivoting. Yeah. And that's the best way to do exactly. anything in life. Thank, so you. thank you so much. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. This was good. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Journey to Authenticity podcast, a podcast helping you to become fully authentic on your journey to success. If you liked what you heard and you found value, go ahead and leave a review and subscribe as this helps me to create the most valuable content, getting the most valuable, interesting guests. Also, while I have you here, I want to create your awareness around my coaching. If you're ready to start to really transform from the inside and go create an extraordinary life, go ahead and go to BradenBelknap.com or the link below. I'm looking forward to being in your corner. Have a good rest of your day, everybody.